Hey there, thanks for tuning in to Sleepers, Keepers, and Creepers with John and Paul, where we talk fantasy, big and small. Alright, week 12 it is, I think. We made it. Yep. We made it week here. 12. Kind of sad that it's coming to an end. I have enjoyed this podcast in the end of things, probably more than fantasy football itself. I definitely have, because it's been just a real hard year. <laughs> <laughs> but it, it has been fun. It's just weird feeling the most prepared that I've ever been for a fantasy football season. And then see my teams function the way they had throughout the year. Yeah, but I think one thing, and this isn't to vouch for both of our successes, was below our usual. And I think it's because we did so much detailed research on the offseason and that we got so high on some people and it swayed our approach this season. And I was thinking about the other, the other day. Like, I looked at all the stats and how the story should play out, but you can't do that. You can't predict how the story should play out. You just have to, you know, go with the obvious. You can't reach too hard. Yeah, that's true. And I mean, some of it was even like we found people that we really liked and we were right on it. Like with our running back trends in the first round, really we weren't too far off on most of the situations. But if you don't get the chance to draft those people, then... Bingo. Like in every one of my leagues, I had the the worst possible draft pick based on my estimations of how players were going to be. Like I had the second pick in almost every league. Yeah. And then the keeper leagues, I, I the run at first round basically doesn't exist. Right. Like you might have one or two people. Right. And so... Like, I was the highest person I knew on Melvin Gordon to start the season, but yes. I didn't just get a chance. I would have been all over him. Yep. Just sucked. Me being the second pick, I loved uh, Gurley the most. I, I did feel that way about it, and I thought Le'Veon Bell was too. And so in one league, I took Le'Veon Bell, thinking it was going to be a one-game holdout, and then Connor would move into dust. That pretty much ruined my whole season <laughs> for it to be this far into it with that. Yeah just funny how things can break a little bit wrong and then it all compounds a little bit all right let's get this out of the way let's do it let's go ahead and bring out the obvious news <laughs> and that is that my fantasy basketball team is the most Ooh. dominant fantasy team i've ever seen created in a in anything that has anything to do with fantasy sports it does appear that there are very few weaknesses that could be identified within that team you thought I was going to talk about the Eagles. I did. <laughs> we'll talk I, about I was 100% ready for the <laughs> elephant in this room. But then yeah, you, you, I wanted you were, to... You're talking about his hat that the elephant's wearing <laughs> in this room instead. Uh, yeah, I wanted to save you for just a couple <laughs> seconds. I don't really want to talk about my fantasy basketball team. I'm just going to enjoy the success. But um, So, the Eagles I've been watching all year got a little bit further exposed. It, it did I know it, you didn't predict them to win. I, I did not. I, I, I was not so bold as to look at this hot New Orleans team, which it was coming into this game, Mm -hmm. to say that Philly playing as below average as I think they should be based on their talent. They're not playing below average. They're just bad. And (laughs) I would be more willing to accept that argument after this week. But if you would have told me that Carson Wentz would have gotten three fantasy points against New Orleans... I would have laughed in your face. I thought that was completely so far outside the realm of possibility in this game. When his every week production has been 20 points, basically, as I, I laid out the whole season, I thought the lowest floor you could possibly conceivably have would be like 11 points, like his first week coming off of the ACL injury. Yeah. So I'm going to lay it out there, and I'm going to say I would like to formally apologize <laughs> to all viewers of this podcast and especially all Carson Wentz owners that may have like, I don't know, 
maybe Deshaun Watson or something sitting on this bench. Like, let's say, let's say you followed my heart in this season and drafted Deshaun Watson, and then I convinced you to play Wentz. For that, I am truly sorry. If it make if it's any consolation, I played him in one of my leagues and it got hurt, roasted. It hurts. It hurts a lot. Yep. So I apologize. Well, I'm glad I painted that picture just beautifully for you. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad someone opposed me to so now, balance out. Let me give you another chance. Who thinks a better football team, the Colts or the Eagles, right now? Right now, it is the Colts. All right, there we go. I think if you restarted Week One right now with these two teams, all the injuries staying the same, you replay the whole schedule. I think Philly would be close. To them, but it is amazing how much better the Colts have been this year. And I'm not even. I'm. I'm going to go out and say this. And if you guys are wondering why we're talking about this, and you missed last week's episode, go give it a listen. It's just like the first ten minutes is just about a random tangent we had, and it's pretty hilarious. <laughs> um, but I pretty much just bashed the Eagles, and here we are now. And I'm just going to say that I think Andrew Luck is a way better quarterback than Carson Wentz. I probably yeah. There you go. Like. It's it's strange because I, I was expecting this to go a very different dynamic based on the way his arm strength looked for Andrew Luck at the beginning part yeah, of the season. Yeah, but he had Hilton on a bomb last week. If you haven't seen that replay, I, I saw that replay, and I mean, it's it's just a long pass connection, but it was like 60-plus yards in the air uh, catch kind of deal, and I was like, oh, man, he's he's slowly just getting back to himself. He's been so consistent. Like I, I was looking at his numbers, yeah. actually, to just because of a lot of our conversations and things. Mm-hmm. 20 points like every week. Yeah. He, he's like the other Carson Wentz that I was looking at, except without the dud in his actual schedule. Yeah. I'm glad Eagles got their Super Bowl because they're not returning anytime soon, in my opinion. I think a lot of things are looking very bleak for them. And I mean, I kind of mentioned it last week. The, their game plan for last season was run first. Mm-hmm. And Carson Wentz played fantastic as a 50-50 offense, maybe even 55-45 run to pass. Carson Wentz wasn't putting the entire team on his back with Jay Ajayi, LeGarrette Blunt. They were looking to be a power football team with a great offensive line. I think that protected him a lot. Mm-hmm. And now when they let go of Blunt, which I think was the right move all, all the way around, and they have Ajayi coming back, I think they still wanted to be that team. Yeah. It's just with some of those injuries, it's turned it into a completely different ball game. Plus, that, people just have good playoff runs. People have good playoff runs where, I mean, and of course they were good before the playoffs too with Carson Wentz, but. Some teams just get hot, and then they're just kind of done. I, and yeah. I didn't say this about the Falcons. Like, I thought, well, I don't know if they'll return to the Super Bowl when they lost, but but this team just doesn't. I, w- I would say that they're not even the best team in their division anymore, and that's saying something. Yeah. I mean, I don't know where their defense went. That's the thing that really shocks me beyond all And else. I know they had injuries, but every time they had an injury to their secondary, they were like, well, let's trade for a slot receiver. Oh, we had another cornerback go down. Let's <laughs> sign another slot receiver. Like, what? <laughs> what are you doing? Like, are they covering Golden Tate going to cover somebody on defense? Uh, I mean, they're hoping, apparently. <laughs> because, hoping. yeah, their secondary has not been good. Just flat out this whole season. Well, I'm glad you got to see them exposed a little bit farther. But let's quit delaying everybody that's looking for some advice this week. Uh, yeah, I know our advice overall has been good, but I feel like I've really been nailing it for a couple of weeks. So I'm excited to keep on the hot streak here. Um, what do you want to talk about first? What position? I say you should choose the hot man, hot seat, hot takes. Let's go. Yeah, which one do you, which one are you <laughs> least excited to talk about? Um, maybe tight ends this week. Let's start tight ends. Then. Let's get it out of the way. Uh, tight ends are always my least favorite to start on. Um, we'll just go ahead and start keeper then. Who do you got as your keeper for tight end? 
I think this is a good keeper play, but it, it's more or less a statement. And George Kittle is my keeper this yeah, week. Yeah, he's easily mine too. Against Tampa Bay, that's I mean that that's a juicy matchup. Yeah, I'm just blown away with what he's been able to do this season with whoever's a quarterback. All three of them. Dude's got talent. He's just athletic. He's all straight good. He's had over five fantasy points in every game since week three, and that was with Garoppolo, who I think I still believe is the best quarterback on their roster. And so, with all of the rotations and everything, he's been able to stay close to 100 yards in most of these games this year and getting in the end zone, too. He's, That's the, the yards is what gets me. So many tight ends are touchdown dependent, even tight, tight end ones that we're talking about. But I think I was yeah. looking at his yardage for the last four games, and I could easily be wrong because I don't have the numbers in front of me, but it was like 90 and then like 50-something and then over 100 and then 80-something with touchdowns sprinkled in. So it's like, wow. Yeah, I mean, he's just been money. And yeah. At, at the beginning of the year, we both liked him. I know whenever he kind of came on the radar there around like week three and everything. But I had no idea this would be what it would look like once Garoppolo went down. I was very concerned. I, I knew Bathard wasn't terrible. But, yeah, I think he put up 125 and a touchdown yeah. the week after uh, Bethard, when Bathard came back in. Yeah, he's been so good. I mean, his yards since week four have been 125 and a touchdown, 83 30, which is, I mean, his, his only real low game of the year. 98 and a touchdown, 57, 108, 83. Yeah. So you're really looking at a floor about a 57 yards. Yeah. I mean, if you don't look, if you ignore the outlier of a three. Yeah. So good. So he, he's my keeper of the week. Um, but I, I just really want to stress, he's as good this year as what any tight end in the, in the National Football League is going to be. Yeah. If you give me Gronk or Kittle right now for the rest of the season, Kittle. I'm taking Kittle. Yeah. Without hesitation. So I just want to put that a little bit in perspective as well as identifying him as a strong play this week. Well, then I'll take over for a little bit, and I'll transition into Creeper, actually. And uh, my Keeper, then, since you took Kittle from me, I'll t- say Zach Ertz, because, as we've talked about, Philadelphia is just in shambles. And it's like Zach Ertz is the safety net of Philadelphia. Yeah. Where it's like, I, like it doesn't even seem like Peter... What's the coach's last name? Peterson? Peterson, Peter, I think. Yeah, Peterson. Doug. I'm thinking Peterman in my head. The Nathan Peterman, <laughs> which both I think have performed pretty much on the same scale this season. <laughs> I don't even think he's coached well. I, mean, he's coached I don't think well. he's been that bad. I I, I don't think, think about Nathan Peterman, and then and then we'll think, talk about Peterson. I don't think anyone's on Peterman's level, but continue. <laughs> I just I mean he took a super. Oh, anyways, anyways. <laughs> so I don't even know if their their offense looks like garbage to me too. It's just bad pass calls and, and it's like well it's third down what do we do it's like well it's either this going to be incomplete or it's going to be to Zach Ertz for 11 yards and then all of a sudden one of those 11 yard catches is going to be for a touchdown yeah. and he's, he's just like the safety net there I agree and that's all Philadelphia looks like to me with a whole bunch of slot receivers around him and then your man Jeffrey who bailed on you too oh, man I mean literally I couldn't have been more wrong about the, the entire game flow <laughs> of this game I was right in the world you just thought Philadelphia was good yeah <laughs> like I, I knew that was going to yeah. happen but I thought there was no way that Philly doesn't at least score a little in garbage time. Right. Like I, I, Wentz not taking care of the football is surprising, too. He's been pretty clean about that. I, I just – and as I'll kind of mention a little bit more, I think that's a little bit on the fluke end because, I mean, there's just too much sample size to indicate that Wentz ha- has been a consistent fantasy quarterback for the majority of this fantasy season. I don't know what the heck happened last week, but I'm willing to overlook some of it going forward. I can't forget – but I, I can view 
things still as him being a positive member. I like Alshon Jeffrey a little bit going forward. I like Golden Tate a little more, actually, because they have to find a way to get that weapon involved if Alshon Jeffrey's not been able to be the impact player since early on in the season yeah. we expected. But Ertz just, is the go-to dude, for sure. I just say mission failure, but I'm going to say my creeper, uh, you already mentioned him, is Gronk. And he's limited right now in practice, and it's hard to say stay away from him, especially with how bad the Jets looked against Buffalo. But it's going to be in New York, and for a season on the whole, the Jets' defense has been pretty, pretty stout, honestly, for as bad as their offense has been. And uh, Gronk's only got one touchdown on the season, so... Mind-boggling. Mm-hmm. Would have never put Mm-mm. any money on that being a possibility, no matter what the results. Um, but my creeper is Kyle Rudolph against Green Bay. I know it doesn't even, it's not really a bold call, but I, I'm just labeling him for me as he's not a tight end one anymore. Like, he might be a situational tight end one, depending on the matchup, but you have to treat him along the lines of basically any other nameless tight end this yeah. season. He's getting targets in most games still, but his yardage totals aren't going to eclipse over 50. He's just not a, por- a part of the offense that they're focusing on. So he's only an outlet option. I like him more than Gronk and Trey Burton this week, though. Really? Yeah. That's highly surprising. I do agree that Gronk isn't as nearly as a reliable receiver, but I would definitely take Gronk over Rudolph. I'm viewing Rudolph in, in the same lines of like... I just like Minnesota at home against Green Bay. I think they just... That Green Bay defense, like, I know Ha-Ha Clinton Dix wasn't the most talented player of all time, but I think he must have been the leader of that defense because it's just went down, I think, ever since he's left. And uh, yeah. I think Minnesota at home takes apart Green Bay, sadly. I know you're a Green Bay boy, but... Uh, I like me some Green Bay. But it is a tough game all the way around. And the only thing that I can hope is that it turns into a passing frenzy, but I would give Minnesota the edge because their passing defense is just clearly better in every way. So, I don't know. Rodgers surprises me. But but he's he's inconsistent even when you look at like a production standpoint. I'm not even saying... I'm not really going to talk the game flow so much. I just know that... I I hope Green Bay can match him so it's a good football game. Yeah. But I know Minnesota's putting up points against that defense. So does For sure. does Rudolph get a touchdown? Yes. Does Gronk? I don't know. I don't even know what he can do right now with a back injury. It scares me. And then Trey Burton with Chase Daniel, quarterback. Other people I'm just not playing this week. I guess that's true. I guess for me, I look at Rudolph, and I just don't see him as a, a top option in the offense. I think it's more likely that you'd even get Latavius Murray a touchdown than you get Kyle Rudolph. And if that's the numbers that I'm looking at, I'm a little worried. I think we'll also see Dalvin Cook play a little better, but that's a different story for another time. So for for I'm thinking Kyle Rudolph is a tight end too this week. I just think with him being phased out so much and we're getting Diggs back healthier and Thielen back healthier, I think we're if he wasn't involved when Thielen was questionable, kind of limping around in some of these games, then I don't think it's going to be this week either. Who you sleeping on tight end wise? To me, it was only one option for a, a true sleeper this week, and I love Cameron Brait. Yeah, like for me, he's number one with Howard. Sleeper option. Yeah, he's available, Mm -hmm. and in in this offense, we know that they throw to the tight end, and all of Howard's targets are gone. Howard is playing unbelievable, and I think Howard is is clearly a more talented tight end than Brady overall, but he's done. And so with all those targets being gone, and then Winston being back, who has always leaned toward Brady, especially last season, I love him. I think he's a very good, solid tight end one this week. Well, I'll give you another name just to throw out, kind of like the Ricky Seals name, like you, you won't see me playing him in any league. But if you're real desperate out there in a deep league, <laughs> go ahead and give Uzama another flyer. I know he hasn't done much in the last couple of weeks, but Cleveland's not a real stout defense. And finally, this is one of those games where it's 
Cincinnati has become a bad team due to injuries. In all fairness, I'm not. I'm an unbiased fan here because I'm not a Cincinnati fan, just a Cincinnati podcaster. And uh, they've just become a bad team due to injuries. And I, Green is supposed to play this week, but he sat out all these practices up to this point. Even if he plays, I don't think he's the normal Green. Yeah. And this is going to be a game where the time of possession isn't dominated by one team or the other. This is two teams on equal playing field, and I think Uzama gets his targets and maybe even a touchdown. Maybe. But I won't be playing him. But if you're desperate, there you go. I don't think he's a terrible option. Brate's better, for sure. Mm-hmm. Safer, we'll say. Yeah, safer. Well, let's transition to something. No, tight end talk is tight end talk. It's necessary. But running backs, <laughs> the the bread and butter of the old fantasy football world. I agree. We started keeper. We did. Let's start sleeper. I got a few names in here this week. Mm-hmm. So this I'm going to mention the one. I'm not super confident <laughs> because the stats don't necessarily push super hard in this favor. But I like Dalvin Cook this week. I know he's not very going to be ownable in, in your leagues, but I just want to reference real quick that I think this is a week where we're going to see him look more healthy. Um, his previous week, uh, I think before his bye, if I can recall, he played better. He, he actually had a fairly reasonable number of yards over 70 on a few carries. And so that showed a little bit of life to me. But then he had the miserable Chicago matchup, which is number one against Rush this yeah. season. I'm not surprised that his numbers were horrendously low that week. Um, but Green Bay is nowhere near that tough. So I'm seeing a little bit of rejuvenation from Dalvin Cook, and I just want to stress that. I'm labeling that as your keeper. Keeper? I'm going to label that as your keeper. Okay. I want to hear a sleeper, because you said you got some names. I got some names. So this week, uh, for a sleeper, I'm looking at Josh Adams. There you go. My so, number one. We, we've agreed on a lot of this up to this point. Yeah. I got a few more, so maybe, <laughs> maybe we'll get some more diversity in no, there. That's fine. But Josh Adams, 24th against the run, going up against uh, New York Giants for fantasy run defenses, averaging 6.4 yards a rush this year. Yeah. Low-key, pretty good. Yeah. And we've always identified, and I think we both agree pretty much from the beginning, say what, we, what you will about Philly, their offensive line, when healthy, is one of the best in the national And he's got the league. frame and the talent to be an in-between-the-tackle running back that I love, and he can still get it outside. Like, he looks yeah. legitimate. And, I, I agree. And it, he just got out of game. He was the only bright spot for the whole Philadelphia team. Literally. In that game. Literally, 100%. And then you look at the complimentary backs, which is the most encouraging thing I can see, Not is that it. all the reports all week were saying... Peterson's going with him, yeah. and he's going to get all the carries, and he's our guy now. And now he's got a game where he's going to get the carries. Yes, and he couldn't because they were getting blown out so hard last mm-hmm. week. But he had like seven, and then the other running backs were floating around two or less. So it looks like they want to go with him. I'm happy with that way he played. He's great, played great, even though it is small sample size. I think this is the time where we're actually going to be able to see him shine. So if you can get him off the waivers, I love him. I, I think this week he's playable as a flex and a very good upside flex. You probably get running back two numbers out of him this week is yeah. what I'm seeing. I mean, he's got a small sample size, but the New York Giants defense has a large one, and they're giving up 4.5 yards to the Gary and 125 rushing yards a game. So, yep. I like him. Me too. My sleeper. Give him to me. Guy I'm so pumped about that I got him in our keeper league because I just have such a good feeling about this dude. But... Gus the Bus Edwards. Yeah, buddy. There's two running backs in the NFL that, like, I look at them and I'm like, I don't know why, but it's just not going to pan out. Like, the coaching staff, coaching staff doesn't like him. He's going to have a good moment, and but he's super talented. I don't know why they don't give him 20 carries. If they did give him 20 carries, then they would win the game, mm-hmm. and he would put up crazy rushing stats. One of those was Alex Collins. Like, I had the yeah. chance to keep him this year, but I'm like, 
I, I just watched the games and I got a gut vibe that nobody really likes this dude. And as soon as he's set up for any type of failure, he's going to be benched. The other dude is your guy, Aaron Jones, who I don't think we ever, I don't think either of those two guys, unless they go to somewhere and get a clean start, it just, I don't trust either of them. Not, I had to say not it for with you. the head coaches. Yeah. I mean, it's really weird. So Gus the Bus is going to take over this backfield. I'm getting the feeling. And he's going up, even if he doesn't, even if he were to split carries three ways against Oakland, they're giving up 4.8 yards per carry and 120 ish around their yards as well to running backs. Mm hmm. I think he does take over the majority of the carries, and I think he has another field day against him. I think he's going to be a good story for the rest of the season. All I saw last game was it was a must-win for Baltimore. They have a rookie quarterback in. They don't go with the running back they've been going with the whole season. Right. I just think they're waiting. Oh, I, I agree. But even in terms of carries, 49-17 to 17 was snaps that Gus Edwards was on the field. Mm-hmm. If you told me Gus Edwards was going to be on the field for 49 compared to Collins 17. Oh, I was completely surprised. I mean, I had Collins as a keeper last week. I don't feel like I'm 100% wrong because the matchup indicated that it was definitely good. Who you could have seen that. Gus, you told me Gus Edwards has taken over the took over the back the the thing that makes me feel like he took over the backfield isn't the Alex Collins gets put in the put in the doghouse so often. All the time. That's why I don't trust him. Same with Aaron Jones. Mm-hmm. And then they'll just never be. But with Gus, the thing that really tr- – is how we beat out Javorius Allen, the trusted running back there. Yeah. He only had, like, one touch. And then Ty Montgomery, who they traded for – Nothing. Not even involved at all. So that tells me that this dude and, – and John Harbaugh just raved on this dude. So, after the game. I, 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 there's no way I can't play him if I can get my hands on him this week. I, I would agree, especially with it being the rookie quarterback that we got with Lamar Jackson. Like – it's going to be a run first thing, and that they were running run options almost the whole game. Mm-hmm. To be fair, super soft matchup. Cincinnati's defense has been horrible the whole year. But to be even fair, this is a super soft matchup 2.0. Completely it, agree. For the Baltimore Ravens for the rest of the season. Yes. Is cake matchups. And they're not throwing. No. So Edwards, it looks like it's their guy. It looks like they love running the option with him and not with Collins. Collins has had fumbling problems in the past. I agree with you. I think that they're looking that way. Heavy run offense with tons of carries for this guy, and he was getting outsnapped. 100% he's a sleeper this week. Yeah. If he's not in your flex spot, I don't know what you're doing. If he's available. Yeah, that's if true. Somebody if somebody beats you to him with the waiver, yeah. Nothing you can do. But if you have him on your roster, I don't know of a better flex option he's this He's got to be played. Like, if, if you're looking at some of the running back twos like that are rated this week, I'm putting him in over most of them. Yeah. If he, I mean, and then who knows? We get surprised, and all of a sudden, Alex Collins is back in charge. But you can't take that risk. Like, yeah, that could happen. But if it doesn't happen, this guy's going to have a monster game. I agree. So, two very good sleepers. My, my two. You got any more names you wanted to mention there? Or are you ready? One kind of along the lines of Dalvin Cook. It's uh, Sonny Michelle. Okay. I think with him coming back, just he's got to rest up after the bye. He got 11 carries from the previous game and didn't get re-injured or anything. He gets the rest now. Jets' defense is not easy, but I think that it's also not super hard. So Unless you're he, Matt Barkley. Unless <laughs> you're Matt Barkley, true. But I think it's a positive game flow. New England's going to run against the Jets at some point in this game. And James White seems to be fading out a little bit. He was super red hot, like insanely hot. I think that only allows Michelle to get more carries this week. So I think he's a better play than what he's rated this yeah. week. But 
I don't know. He's not a running back one. I just think he's a very reliable running back two this week. Okay. Cool. Well, then I'll just go ahead and just give two names as keepers, and then I'm not even going to say anything about them because I don't need to. <laughs> I'll <laughs> say Alvin Kamara against Atlanta. Okay. And Melvin Gordon against Arizona, and that's all I'm going to say. Okay. I honestly don't think there's more that's necessary. I think they're both home runs. I have Alvin Kamara and Mark Ingram as my keepers yeah. for this. And then I'll, I'll just say one other guy. I agree with completely, though. Atlanta just got shredded, has been shredded the whole year. Atlanta D, that's all you got to say. With those talent, I don't know how they don't go off yeah. in an insane manner. Nick Chubb. We saw what Gus Edwards just did. Nick Chubb's been getting at least 18 carries a game yeah. ever since he's gotten mm-hmm. a start here. This might be my favorite running back of the whole week. Like... With, with some of the bye weeks that are going on, namely Todd Gurley, he might be the best running back of the whole week this week, so please get him in your lineups. Yeah. I, I think he's being undervalued heavily, but I, I want to put him as a keeper because he's clearly a start, I think, but I just want to stress, love him, love him, love him. Who are you creeping on? Creeping? I'm creeping on James Conner, and I feel like I keep saying James Conner, and every time I say creeper, he goes off for a big game. I think you may be in trouble this week. And, and, I think you may have done it again. And Denver <laughs> has been shelled badly yeah. in a few games earlier this season. And so I've, I looked into it a little bit more. Weeks th- four through six were so horrendously bad mm-hmm. that I feel like it bloats their numbers up. Recently, they have not been good against the run, but they've been way better. And so I think in Denver... It's, it is a run-first game for Denver as well. They're going to be wanting to eat clock. They don't want to throw. And Pittsburgh has been scoring a lot. And I think they got their Ben Roethlisberger's bad road game nonsense out of the way in the first half of that Jacksonville game. I think Connor will be fine, playable, for sure. You're not benching him. But I think you're getting the lower-end production again this week, even though the numbers indicate that he's such a strong play. So you're saying don't buy him in daily fantasy, but you yes. can't bench him. Agreed. Okay, I'm fine with that then. I, in the sense that you wouldn't bench him on your team, but I think he does have a pretty good week this week. I think Pittsburgh's going to put up a decent amount of points against this Bronco team. I do too. Mm-hmm. Creeper for me, well, I just want to make a running, just every week I just want to reiterate it, because I, I don't <laughs> hope this changes now. As high as I was on Derrick Henry, I hope he doesn't get the chance this year. I just want to keep seeing Deion Lewis <laughs> get 10 plus carries and watch him just be completely inadequate. A completely inadequate. <laughs> yes. Just the worst functioning running back in the NFL. Hate it for him. Nothing against him personally. Right. He shouldn't be exposed this poorly as what he is. Ten more carries. As a role player, he's decent. As a role player. Well, he got the New England <laughs> mirage trick so hard on Tennessee. Saying New England's cheap. Ten more carries for Deion Lewis. 24 yards. And you would say, well, he's still playable in PPR. No, he isn't, because I fell for that, too. <laughs> like, two catches over the past two weeks. Bah. It's just so bad. <laughs> it's so, so poor. And, and even if you're trying to make up an argument to, say, play him, I, I completely agree with you on all fronts with this. The, the offense doesn't have enough passing game to open it up for him to start. I bench him for so many people this week. So many people. I'm looking at, like, Elijah McGuire. Priest Holmes. A, as a much... <laughs> Priest Holmes. <laughs> I wasn't ready. <laughs> I mean, Chris Ivory, like, is he even playing for Buffalo anymore? I, even I like if he isn't, more. he's got a better chance. Because like, he could fumble it and lose points because he's not getting any yards. Would you play Giovanni Bernard this week? I'd play anybody over Deion Lewis. <laughs> or Deion Lewis. 
we talked about it last time, and his yards per carry for like 39 carries was like 3.05. Yeah, I think so. Tack on 10 and 24 yards, and now it's got to be under over the last three games with an abundance of carries. That's probably yeah. He's probably averaging 15 carries just doing the math lightly in my head. And he's probably getting 2.6 like, or 7. Yes. Your feelings on Deion Lewis are how I felt about – Doug Martin from the last time he played before this season. Like, <laughs> just in the way. When you're looking at the stats, when you're looking at his actual production, it doesn't add up why he got so many carries. And I know Derrick Henry had another game with like over four yards per carry, and he had nine touches. And it's just, it, I don't even care. I, I don't want this <laughs> I to don't change. Even care. I don't want it to change. I just want to see him just do this badly all season long. And just Tennessee, just, I don't know what kind of offense they think they're running there. It's like they try to do like a knockoff thing of the Chiefs, and it's just bad. It is. It's just bad. And, oh, yeah, that's why I didn't want to play Mariota last week and while I was creeping on Corey Davis because you can't trust him, John. I told yeah. you you can't trust him. Yeah. Until he does three games in a row, you cannot <laughs> trust Mariota because he is a, he's a fragile dude. Apparently. It makes me sad because I feel like he has some talent, but he's at the point where it looks like he's just bit yeah. with this curse. and. He's the RG3 that's playing right now. He just can't really stay healthy. There's always problems around him. He he doesn't stay consistent enough to really produce even when he is healthy. It He just a, is a disappointing person to have. And yeah. It's funny that Tennessee is just kind of in this situation waiting for him to put enough film together to even know if they have a guy or not. Yeah. It makes it hard for him. And also say Tevin Coleman. I don't like him against New Orleans. That is an underratedly strong run defense. I, I talk about it, I think, every week. Yeah. Now their season total is 3.7 yards per carry and 78 rushing yards total. Wow. Yeah. yeah. And it's not even that – like, they look ex- – like, on the first few drives when the teams aren't completely blown out yet, it looks like you can gash them a little bit, but then it doesn't matter because the game flow is just out of hand because the Saints are dominating people right now. Yeah, it's game flow plus actual talent. Yeah. And that equals <laughs> top five run defense. <laughs> Killing people out there. I'll also throw in one more little creeper name, but I think it's just David Johnson this week. I'm really thrilled with his volume and the way he's coming online, but I think this is a regression week. He's had some better matchups than he has against this. The Chargers aren't terrifying by any means, but I think it's hard for him to be the focal point in an offense like this when the other team can score Mm -hmm. and put up points. So I'm I'm just a little bit underwhelmed. It's kind of the same area of Connor. Johnson's floor is high because his volume is so good and he's utilized in the passing game and the running game. But I think you're looking at closer to a 30 yards receiving, 40 yards rushing, no touchdown sort of game this week. We will see. I don't know. He's just so involved that I can't – I would never bench him. Yeah, I don't know if you can if you have him on your fantasy team. Um, wide receivers. Let's do this thing. Let's go wider out. Right. We'll start creeper. We haven't done that yet. No, we have not. So I'm going to put my one dude to bed. I mentioned it a few weeks ago, but I would just like to stress one more time. I don't understand it. I'm baffled. This is my Dion Lewis, Jarvis Landry. Against Cincinnati, though. Even against Cincinnati, this man, the last time he had a matchup this soft, put up 90-something yards, but on 10 catches. That is nine yards per catch. I understand that might be a possibility here for him, but... He's in the top five in targets for this fantasy season, and he's barely a flex play. He's a matchup, like, volatile one, but I see him being rated up around the 15th best wideout play this week 
And I just don't think that's accurate. I think you, it's more likely you're going to see Njoku or a tight end or Duke Johnson or anyone else yeah. have a touchdown in this game to make it more valuable. I just think with him being only utilized for five yards or under passes, it limits his potential so much. And I don't understand why they haven't adapted that with their new offensive coordinator. I'm on board 100% with your saying. And I think frustration is saying this out of, I, you, I can't bench him against Cincinnati. But I would agree with you, and I would have this whole season said, this dude is just, but Cincinnati, I, I can't right now. I can't bench him. I think it's going to be a run-first game for Cleveland, and I think it's going to be close enough to where they're not going to have to focus on getting him involved because they're behind. So I think also with game flow, he might be phased out. I think Landry's a trap, if I've if I've seen one. He hasn't been over 100 yards since week one and week three. Oh, he sucked. He sucked big time, for sure. And he's never been over 16 fantasy points. But Hard Knocks made people love him. Sure did. I loved him, man. <laughs> yeah, I know you I, did. I bought full in. I was kind of right with his opportunities when Gordon was yeah working his way back that that would be where he was shining. I was yeah, but then I thought when Gordon got traded, it would be money in the bank. And Baker Mayfield's been playing fairly well this season, so I just don't understand. I would tell you to just bank on him one more week and then give up because this week it's just so. Bad. So bad. Such a bad matchup for him. It is. But I'm just thinking... Or a good matchup, I should say. It's maybe the last breath of air that you get. The last time you had a matchup like this, it was Tampa Bay, and it was the best game of the season with 97 yards and a touchdown. So, like, okay. Yeah. So pr- pretty good. But, I mean, I think it's a trap. I don't think he does it again this week. All right. He might, ha- he might have 80 yards. I'm going to leave you alone on that one. I can't back it. But I will say my two names I want to throw out, Larry Fitzgerald is one of them. Mm. Um, only over 50 yards one time this season. And now going up against the Chargers, it's just too bad. It's it's no good. No good for Larry Fitzgerald this weekend. Mentioned him last week and we had our little talk. This week I'll say him again, Corey Davis. No way, especially if Mariota doesn't play. Even if he does play, probably not. But anywho's. I'm going to hit one more obvious one as well for Creepers. But I just want to throw it out there. All Baltimore wide receivers are dead to me this week with Lamar Jackson With playing. Lamar Jackson playing, yes. With, with all three of them being there, you don't know who his favorite is. I would just say pause until Flacco comes back. All their targets are very good still on the season in comparison to fantasy leagues. So I'm not wanting you to cut them unless Lamar Jackson takes over the full-time starting job yes. when he's healthy. Yeah. I, I think they're still all worth bench statches. But whenever Lamar Jackson's getting about, like, what was it, over 20 carries or something mm-hmm. in this last game... And then all the carries to Gus, and they're probably still going to give some to Collins. They're just a college running offense. Is what yeah, I yeah that's what it looks like. So, And against Oakland, they're not going to be able to stop them. So to me, just make sure they're all on your bench. Don't risk it even against the softer matchup. I follow you there. I don't trust anybody with Jackson at quarterback. Um, cool. Cool beans, bro. Um, we'll go back to the top again. We'll start keeper here. Who are you keeping this week? I'm keeping Stephon Diggs, surprisingly. Mm. We're number one on my list again. That's not surprising. I just saw 18 targets. <laughs> I'm like... I'm telling you, the sample size for the NFL is so low. Not to cut you off. Yeah. I know this is your talking, but... Totally fine. On the offseason, we both... I think you may have agreed with me. I don't know if you said this, but I'll totally own up to it. I said Diggs is the wide receiver to own. Yeah, I did too. And the sample size is so small that... It's proven out now. I think you see this for the rest of the season. And you didn't call me crazy when I said it, but you didn't 
you know, we didn't mention it much. I said if you backtrack to the week where we're talking about this streak Adam Thielen's on, I told, and I don't know if you remember this, I said I would actually trade him right now. Do you remember that? I do, yeah. Yeah, and it, it's right. It's mm-hmm. just sample size of NFL. Hot streaks get prolonged because it's such a short, you know, season, and it's stretched over weeks. Mm-hmm. And I think we see this for the rest of the season. You may be calling crazy, but just look. And I called it on the offseason, and now I'm just saying that Thielen had an amazing eight games for sure. And he's still very talented. But this is kind of like the real Thielen that I expected. And Diggs is more talented. And now they're just hitting it off big time. So take back over. Yeah, it's Diggs seems like money. He's re-involved himself with the offense to, to the degree that he has been the number one receiver the last two weeks. Yeah. Am I confident in saying Diggs is going to be far better than Thielen this week? Not far better. Not me either. Except he is limited right now. For Thielen. Thielen, is. yes. He, yeah, he, he's been questionable the last few weeks. I imagine he's going to play because he's been playing through an injury anyway the last few weeks. Mm-hmm. It's just, I think Diggs and Thielen were on the same level. And that was kind of where I was at the beginning of the year. I didn't feel super confident, but I liked what Diggs did last year in comparison to Thielen. Because yeah. of touchdowns, the big plays, and Thielen I thought was the underneath guy. But Diggs is clearly involved. I think they're both wide receiver ones. You just can't. I, I see 18 targets, and I'm like. But, man, if you would have traded Thielen when I said that, that was a haul you just got, my friend. Yes. And that's why you do it. That's why you do it. You cannot look at the past games when it comes to fantasy football. you got to take a risk and just say, does this look right? Adam Thielen with over 100 yards eight weeks in a row. No, it does not. And, He's and very talented. It, it all depends on the hall. Like, for me, yeah, regression is probable. Same way with, like, you had Ryan Fitzpatrick after week three when he was playing or something, and you're like, maybe he gets the job, and they announced he gets the job, you probably trade him. I'm telling you, if, if I owned that looking, roster with Adam Thielen, I didn't have him in any leagues, but I would have got my man Melvin Gordon. Somebody would have taken me up on that trade. If, if you could have done that, you win huge. Yep. And it, it, even if you get someone along the lines of Julio Jones or something because he was touchdown list for, like, 15 straight games or right. something even farther into this season I think you win that trade as well even if his numbers aren't quite as good and they're putting up similar numbers with tons of, t- tons of yards I think Julio is a safer bet because he's a solo option in an offense yeah so but that's just a perspective way to look at trades just throwing that out there there yeah um, and plus Diggs last time they played against Green Bay this season had 128 yards with two touchdowns real strong there we go um well, not to take up any more time on the common sense, I'm glad we talked about that one. My person will just be Michael Thomas, and we don't need to say anything else. I also have him yeah. on my list, and I'll also throw in DeAndre Hopkins. Yeah. Um, yeah. Su- surprisingly, because ten- I just want to—he's that's one that I think goes a little bit requires a little bit of explanation because Tennessee is good on defense. Um, the only reason I have him here, though, is because for some reason... They're weak against deep. wide receivers. Yeah. Yeah. I was surprised to look at it because you look at quarterback numbers and they're strong. And you look at their overall defense, strong, but they're weak against wideouts. And Houston's strength is wideouts. So Hopkins is the strongest p- component of that by a long shot. Right. I-, I think you just see him immune to this. I think Hop- or Watson will probably struggle. I don't think they'll be able to run the ball very well, but I don't know how Hopkins doesn't end up with at least 80 yards and probably a touchdown in this game. So don't be afraid of the Tennessee matchup. Yeah. Well, then let me just – he's not my number one sleeper, but just to piggyback off what you said, because there's a dude you're dudding on, and I'm going to – and I studded on, but now you see why, hopefully, and it's Kiki Cutie. He yeah. is the one with the most targets on that team, where Demarius Thomas got one, and I just felt that. And it's just – Demarius Thomas is one of those midseason trades where the wide receiver doesn't work out. Mike Golden Tate, 
The only one I've ever seen click is Amari Cooper. And still to this, I know he had a weaker game last week, but they didn't need to because his addition to stretching that defense, the opposition defense, has been worth that first-round draft pick because I think Dallas now wins that division. With that injury to Alex Smith, it pretty much confirms it to me as well. It, and it takes the people out of the box. Who That's the life. It, exactly. That's all they've needed. Because the only receiver they have is Cole Beasley, who is doing the opposite. He's so under. He's the, the quintessential underneath receiver. Yeah. And then you have Hearns, who just wasn't working out very well. And it's just because he was drawing cornerback one coverage. Mm-hmm. So then you have Beasley in a slot, who's just effective because that's what he is, a slot. So it doesn't really change the coverage he was getting. And then you had crap. Outside of Hearns. Yeah. Hearns looks okay now that he's playing. He's like Tyler Boyd almost. He's mm-hmm. yeah. he's not going to make it as a wide receiver one. But if you give somebody else to take the coverage off him, I'm telling you, Dallas looks good right now. They just look good. I don't know how they don't win the division. I mean... They have to. Giants, not even close. And that's going to be funny that all these people are bashing, uh, you know, the staff, front office of the Dallas Cowboys. But now they're going to be celebrated because I think they just run away with that division. Yeah, I mean, because Washington is the only one that runs the same style of run first, solid defense. But, but now, with no ball control guaranteed with Alex Smith and Adrian Peterson. That's the thing. Who do you like? A young Zeke or an old Peterson late into the season? No question. Right. And Thompson still isn't healthy. He's been hurt like since the moment he got hurt earlier on in the season. So they really don't have a way to complement him or add a different weapon. And to see Cooper and Prescott click. I'm just yeah. saying, they're... Even the mistakes were made against that Atlanta in that game, and they still just just won it. The mm-hmm. second half was all them. So, so anyways, that was about Kiki Cutie. <laughs> <laughs> he led in targets last week, and Tennessee's exposed a wide out. And I just think Tennessee's too bad of an offense right now, especially if Mariota doesn't play. If he does play, he's still going to play with some weird damage um, to his body. And... I just think Cutie and Hopkins both get tons of chances this week to get in the get get some paint scores. You know, I, I feel you. Yeah, but I think both the receivers are. I think Cootie is yeah definitely better than Demarius at this point in time. Definitely worth an acquisition. I think we've both been kind of on the same page. He's worth acquisition. I'm the wait and see sort of guy, but seeing mm-hmm. seventy seven against Washington mm-hmm. is enough for me to be like I think you can trust him even in this Tennessee matchup this week mm-hmm. as a flex and mm-hmm. he has some upside I mean 77 yards is pretty good five yeah. catches pretty good and Demarius being phased out is only more encouraging if if Fuller was in there I would agree but it seems like Cuties is, he, without Fuller is just anywho who's your sleeper so my sleepers um I'm gonna double down on Golden Tate and say he's worth a start this week oh, um, wow. he out received uh Alshon Jeffrey last week, which is, which is encouraging. <laughs> um, he was not great, obviously, for because no one was. So it's kind of hard to take a lot from it. But the Giants are going to be, I think, gashed more on the ground than they will be through the air. But I think that Golden Tate is being undervalued a little bit because of the awfulness of last week. And I just wouldn't say get, don't give up hope completely. The thing I like was his targets. Yeah, targets were good. And his targets for, for the whole season between Detroit and Philly are very solid. Um, it puts him up near that low end of top 20, like, playable wideouts. And so I, I think Golden Tate is playable. Um, I, I'm hoping that you can play him as a flex and not as a wideout, too. So temper your expectations a little bit with that one. But I think he's playable is more or less what I'm trying to say. 
He's a little risky. Don't He's get risky. me wrong, wrong. But I think I'm optimistic. Um, my next one that's way more achievable, I think you can probably get this guy in your leagues, Cortland Sutton. I like Cortland Sutton this week against Pittsburgh. I he His low catch totals are concerning throughout the most of the year, but his yards per catch have been great. And against Pittsburgh, I don't think Denver can just run the football like they want to for the majority of this game. I love Lindsey. Lindsey's been playing great this whole season. Royce Freeman is playing fine, I think, in his limited time and in short yardage situations like that. Mm-hmm. And I think Emmanuel Sanders and Sutton will have to be used this week. So I like them both, but I think Sutton is going to put up pretty similar numbers to Sanders in general this week. Um, I think you're getting a good flex starter out of him this week. Gotcha. I like it. I would wait on Tate personally, but Traquan Smith is another person that is owned in like 50%. I don't even know how to understand that. At, hmm. You know? Yeah. Uh, if he's not owned in your league, play him. Just that offense by itself. Like, I know he's not a focal point, but when you're scoring... But you're up against Atlanta. <laughs> you, yep. <laughs> yep. <laughs> and I, I mean, maybe he gets left out of the offense sometimes, but if there's ever a game flow where Drew Brees is going to give him 10 catches in it, ever, yeah. then you ha- he has to be owned, mm-hmm. at the very least. And against matchups like this, this is what you dream about. Yeah. Own him, please. 50% is just disgraceful. That's how I feel about Aaron Jones at about, like, four weeks after he came back and was playing after suspension. And I'm like, he at least needs to be owned. Yeah. <laughs> like, if Chris Ivory's getting owned in 45% of leagues when McCoy goes down, then this dude needs to be owned in way more. So, I just agree. the fact that they... Oh, it pains me to say it, because I know everybody loves Aaron Rodgers so much, but... If I'm that team, I'm giving Aaron Jones the ball until he proves me otherwise. He's so good. He's so he's so good. But we're never going to see it. That's also what I'm telling you. Even when he has 148 yards and in, in like two touchdowns, I think from two weeks ago. Yeah. 15 carries. That's I think all on, he got. I honestly 15? think yeah. I think on their unofficial depth chart, I wouldn't be surprised like if it's hidden behind the corners <laughs> on their front desk. <laughs> Starting running back, Jamal Williams. Like, I don't think they want Aaron Jones to be good. I think they just are going to play him until he has a bad game, and they're like, finally. And then they'll just bench him. It, I, I mean, it's, just, it's just the gut feeling. It's kind of like Alex Collins. Like, they don't want him to succeed. Like, just give him the ball. Like, when the numbers indicate something so clearly, it doesn't make sense why some of these coaches are so slow to adapt to playing a different person. Like, I'm not saying you run the offense through him because you got Aaron Rodgers. That's Absolutely. different. Now, the Baltimore, I would. Like, if you're coming into the offseason, I would be like, dude, I'm going to give Alex Collins 20 carries and then let Flacco just pressure off of him, do his thing. With his bad back and uh, this whole new receiving core, let him let him ease into it. But with Aaron Rodgers, it's like 75-25%. And I would say, man, maybe, maybe even close to 60-40 if I want to win games. Just not saying that it's that close talent-wise. Mm-hmm. But you control time of possession, you just control football games, and Aaron Rodgers and Aaron Jones should be getting much more work. I completely agree, especially this season. Like, if we're talking two years ago, I'd be like, "Mm, maybe you do keep it 70-30. We have just Devontae Adams as a high-quality weapon for Rodgers this year. Graham has played fine. Then you have a bunch of rookie receivers. Like, Randall Cobb has been uninvolved for the most part in this season and nicked up. And then Geronimo Allison got hurt, the only other guy with experience. So yeah. you have all rookies now behind him. I know that Rodgers is going to struggle to be on the same page with some of these guys that he's never played with a lot. Mm-hmm. So to me, the more you give it to Jones, the better, because yeah. then you can slowly develop that chemistry and not and have to And you protect Rodgers. Yep. But anyways, he regrets. It's not going to happen. 
Do we do we talk about keepers, sleepers, and creepers for wide receivers? Uh, Seems like we're excited to talk about quarterbacks. Yeah, I think we did. All right. Bada bing. Quarterbacks. Guess we're on to sleepers. Who you got sleeping this week? Um, I think you're probably going to agree with me on this one as well. Uh, I'm going to go with Baker Mayfield yep. in Cincinnati. He's my number two, actually. Number two? Oh, but, okay. I, but nonetheless, yeah. Yeah. I, I might, agree. I might have your number one as my number two. I bet. So we'll see. But I'm looking at Baker Mayfield, acceptable floor. We I haven't think, agreed this much in weeks. But anyways, yeah. It's been kind of weird. Uh, blasted from the past, I guess. I yeah. Know. Acceptable floor. Uh, he's getting about 14 points a week. I mean, maybe a little lower. But for the most part, that's what you're getting. Mm. Regardless of matchup, difficult or easy. Um, he's not turning the ball over in like the last five games. It's like about one turnover maximum per game. He mm-hmm. has had a multi-turnover game in that period. And he's playing against Cincinnati's defense. And that's really all you need that's to hear. That's all you need to hear. So I think... I'd Ma- probably play Matt Barkley at home against Cincinnati's defense. But anyways, sorry. He might reach low-end QB1. <laughs> I, I agree. As horrific as that sounds. But they're 31 against fantasy quarterbacks this year. And they're 32nd against fantasy running backs this year. I love Chubb. I love Mayfield. Cleveland is going to score some points, and it's going to go through their two main people. I'm not a big believer on Jarvis Landry, but I believe that Mayfield's going to spread the ball around enough, and I think you're going to see a lot of Duke Johnson. Plus he gets the rushing yards, too. And the rushing yards. That's a very good point. Completely agree. Yeah, that's why, sadly, this is a week where both my sleepers, who I'd play in any league pretty much, have the personalities I don't like. One being Baker Mayfield, so now can you guess the other one? Uh, JW, our yeah, good friend JW. You got it. This week, Jameis Winston at home against San Francisco. Yeah. All you need is a half. I don't care who finishes this game since they're just benching in another one and then whatever. He just needs one half. I don't care if he puts up interceptions, which he will. Yeah, I think he will, yeah. But he's going to just so much volume. They have to do it. Like, I know that... Peyton Barber is looking to get more involved. He's gotten more carries, and he's had some success, actually, in the last few weeks, which mm-hmm. is encouraging for all you owners that held on to him the whole time. But they're going to have to throw to survive. I completely agree. He was also my uh, sleeper as well for my number two. I just think a huge game coming out of him. I'd be so wrong if it's not. It's do or die. I still don't like him. I still don't think he's a winner, but it's against San Francisco. Yeah. That isn't very good. Maybe one of the few teams that may struggle scoring against Tampa Bay. I, I just, <laughs> oh my gosh, I just yeah. think he's juicy play up. And I, th- I think he's available in like 60% of leagues. He definitely right is. So Don't let that happen. Yeah, he's a QB1 this week for sure. Mm-hmm. I, at some point in there, I think he could be up to number three, could be down to seven. But I think he's definitely in the top seven quarterbacks this week, just based on volume. Even yeah. if he turns the ball over three times, I, I don't know how he doesn't get three touchdowns. I'm playing both of these sleepers over the creepers we mentioned. And I don't even care who your creeper is, because I, I have no idea. But I think we're on the same page. So who's your creeper? My creeper this week is Deshaun Watson against Tennessee. I didn't, I didn't quite see that one. But yeah, yeah, I, I don't disagree. Yeah. Uh, and, it, and it's weird that I have been creeping on Watson more than I've been uh, sleeping on him recently. I still think – I'm still sticking by he's a decent fantasy quarterback. Just, man, he, he's not throwing those six touchdowns a game like I was hoping for at the beginning of the year. But Tennessee, strong passing defense, sixth against fantasy quarterbacks this year. Fuller injury definitely took him out of his groove for some of these games. It's made him a little more inconsistent. He's had some huge games, and he's had some pretty average games. I think this is what you're getting here. He didn't play very well against Washington, um, but Cootie was involved. 
And so I'm thinking that you're getting about 15 points out of him this week, and I would much rather see our sleepers. See, when I started looking at quarterbacks, I looked at quarterbacks first this week, and I was like, oh, man, maybe him. Maybe not him. But, but then I looked at my wide receivers, and I was like, well, Hopkins is very close to being a keeper for me, and C- Cutie is a sleeper based on what this Tennessee's done, done against wide receivers. So there's the trap, I think, that we're not seeing. Like, we have all of our all this hype on their wide receivers, but then we're kind of dogging on Watson. Mm-hmm. But I think they're such a good, talented wide receiver team that Watson may not have that bad of a week. It'd it's, be it's hard possible. for me to it, – it, it, especially with Tennessee looking like a horrible offense right now. So it's just a little bit scary, but I see what you're saying, that Tennessee on a whole has a good defense. Mm-hmm. But if they're exported by wide receivers, that's actually the quarterback that's going to excel against them. Uh, Maybe. I, I'm, I'm worried. I, He's I'm not excited. turnover problems. So. I'm not excited. Like I said, I would start Jameis Winston over him this week. Yeah. I think that's kind of more or less my point. I'm not looking at Deshaun Watson as a, you're doomed. If you start him, you're going to lose. I, I'm thinking about 15 points. And so, eh. If he's three points lower than that, you're at 12. Like, that's not where you want to be, but it's not game over for a fantasy week. And maybe yeah. he gets three more than that, gets up to 18, maybe maybe 20. Yeah. But I just think he's capped pretty heavily based on the game flow as I well you. as the defense. I'm, I'm cool with that. And so I'm looking Mayfield-Winston because I think you're getting over 20 points from them almost certainly. So then we're on the same first. page kind of with our creepers. My creeper is going to be Aaron Rodgers. Okay. And I'm going to agree exactly what you said there at the end. Um, like, yeah, he's got a floor. And if you see him go close to 18, maybe. But that's kind of like the ceiling for him, I think, against Minnesota. I'm worried. Um, last time he played against Minnesota this season, 281 yards and a touchdown. That's it. And that was in Green Bay. Now we're in Minnesota. And, and just a real quick talk talking about Minnesota, I said last week we're going to see not what the Bears are all about. Like We, we agree that you like Chicago, I like Minnesota. But we will see what Trubisky's all about because he hasn't yeah. won against a, a real defense. Agreed. That's the Trubisky I know. That's him. <laughs> that is him. Like, that's him. Yeah. Like, if they're defense and they can run the ball well, they'll do okay in the playoffs. But Trubisky is not that good. He has really taken advantage of some bad teams. But last week's 165 yards, one touchdown, two picks – is where Trubisky's at right now. Yeah. Nowhere near Mahomes, who people are comparing him to. Oh, yeah, that, that's insane. That's comparison. insane. Insane comparison. He's got two games against horrible beaten-up defenses and that of, just inflated his stats. In a lot of his games, he's getting four free points on rushing, which is, helps boost right. him up a little bit. But when you're playing against tough matchups, those yards are hard to come by. He, If you watch him play and you're not just taking him in fantasy, he is – the weak link on that team. Just saying it. I, I, I don't think Minnesota's quite there yet. I would go with the receivers are a little weaker, but... I like Allen Robinson's skill level and wide receiver better than Trubisky. I just I, I really don't trust Trubisky. They're kind of linked together, so it's kind of hard to, yeah. to say, but... At each part of that, wide receivers and quarterbacks have had huge highs... And they've had huge lows, <laughs> so it's hard to really say. I don't know. It's just not le- so shaky. It's not legitimate. Yeah. Anyways, Aaron Rodgers now goes up against that Minnesota defense, who is just performing extremely Unbelievable well. Unbelievable play. Like, like, all of a sudden. For like the, the last seven, six weeks, like, expect 13 fantasy points from yeah. your fantasy quarterback. Just, and Aaron Rodgers still probably puts him up a little higher than mm-hmm. that. But, oof. But still, again... Jameis Winston at home against San Francisco. I'm playing him over Aaron Rodgers this week. 
I can't disagree with you. I think it's a much safer play all the way around. Right, and I even am accounting that I know Winston's going to turn this ball over at some point. <laughs> and if he doesn't, if he doesn't turn the ball over, like I feel like freaking Keen and, and, and Peel doing the ballet right now. If he doesn't turn the ball over, though, oh. How about them touchdowns? He is my shiznit. <laughs> He's going to be putting up tons of points. Yes, he will. Um, but, yeah. And I also see Eli, Eli Manning. Like, it's it's a pretty good matchup, as we just saw, against Philadelphia's passing defense. But in Philadelphia, Eli Manning never really performs well. So if he's treated you right the last couple of weeks, that is his ceiling. And that ceiling's not very high. Mm-hmm. He's not going to come close to that ceiling. I don't think it's Philadelphia. So I think I like Odell Beckham, but I don't like Eli Manning in that particular matchup. I'm still kind of along the lines of Philly has to play a little better on defense. They were too good last year to be this bad, even with injuries. And I understand they're going to be fired up this game after that abomination. They either fold or they're fired up. (laughs) And we're going to learn a lot this next week against the Giants. I say they are fired up. All right, let's finish. Well, we still got the kickers and defenses and stuff. Um, I don't think we went over keepers. No, so let's do the keepers. So let's do these keepers. The keepers I got for this week is, I'm going to go with a quick one because it's just so obvious that I just want to say it, Drew Brees. Okay. Drew Brees against Atlanta, 30th against fantasy QBs, Brees is amazing, game over. Yeah. Andrew Luck, though, is one of my favorite top-tier fantasy quarterbacks this week against Miami. Miami has had a fairly good to maybe even very good quarterback defense this year at fifth against them. And they've been very consistent throughout the year for the most part. But Andrew Luck, the king of consistency, who has now taken the reins from Carson Wentz after the full dud. Hopefully I don't curse him the same way I curse Carson Wentz. He has had 20 points in every game since week four. I don't know what I can't see and, and di- I don't know what to dislike about him. Yeah. They have a run game to help balance him out with Marlon Mack. We got T.Y. Hilton involved for the first time for the whole year, basically. All last of a week. sudden, you're excited about the Colts that I am because their defense is good, too. That's the thing I'll never understand. I still don't even understand how I don't I know tried. a single person on that defense, and they're good. They're good. I tried telling you. Yeah. You I didn't mean, believe me. I, I knew they were Johnny. They're, they're overachieving, <laughs> is what I'm seeing. But they're they, rookies. They're playing good. They're rookies, though. I, I just don't know anything about them, and it scares me. I'm afraid of what I don't understand. <laughs> and so <laughs> that would be the Colts defense in a nutshell. But Andrew Luck, I just can't believe how well he's playing after all the questions that were circling at the beginning of the year. And I just think it's going to continue. I, I don't think Miami's defense is that scary no. overall. And so he's been ex- they've been exploited hard in a couple of matchups right. this year. And I think it's going to be one of those where he plays a He's not turning the ball over, which is what Miami's really succeeded on. And that is classic luck. Yeah. If we're looking at bef- even pre-injury with all of these things, he was turning the ball over too much, and that was a big knock on him. He, he's not doing that this year, in the same, at least the same capacity that he was yeah. before. I think he's a reliable every-week starter from this point going forward, and I'm going to even say matchup proof. I, I'm not going to disagree with you. I, I've been so impressed with him, especially watching his arm strength slowly come back. Um as evidenced by the Hilton bomb. So if you're having doubts about his arm, go watch that replay from last week. It looked beautiful. So the way I do my keepers is I separate people by owning um, who's owned in the majority of leagues, like 90% and up. And then out of those people, I'm like, well, who 
is classified as a keeper. I looked at that list and I'm just, man, I'm not that impressed. Like, I'm starting Mayfield and Winston more than most of these people except Drew Brees. Drew Brees is so safe. So I threw on on here because I thought you may steal Drew Brees from me, Matt Ryan at New Orleans. I think they won't have that the steamrolling that happened to the Philadelphia Eagles. I think he does put up some points. He put up 374 yards and five touchdowns against, Atlanta, uh, against New Orleans earlier this year. But what's crazy to me is I think I'd play Winston over Matt Ryan. I am. That's how high I am on him this week against San Francisco, and I could be burnt. I mean, he is Winston, and Fitzpatrick ruined me in a league the same way where you're like, well, I don't see anything really concerning about the Giants, and then just dud game. Yeah. And Winston's put up a few dud games against Cincinnati, one of them, which is highly concerning. With that being said, he looked so good in the second half of this game that he took over for Fitzpatrick with – and this is not a defense that scares me in the least. And That's volume is there. And yep. I doubt they switch right back to Fitzpatrick one no. week again. No. Like, we know that they They shot it in the this. foot early. Yeah. Why in the world do you bench Fitzpatrick then? His run was over once you put him out, you know? Yeah. That rhythm was gone. It was just, it's been poorly managed, sadly. I completely agree. The whole team. If they would just let the Fitzmagic end slightly. On its own terms. It would have helped their team, and then they could have just went to Winston. Because I think everyone, I, I know we said it a lot in the beginning of the year, it's going to fade. <laughs> like Fitz, We know that Fitzpatrick isn't an MVP-level quarterback. So it was going to happen eventually, but the fact that they just ended it when it was so hot, it, it was never going to work the records. so well. Like, yeah. it, shame, they just horribly managed, horribly coached, all of the above. Yeah, I agree. And then Ketter's like, I want to call my own plays. That's going to fix everything. <laughs> and and I think that hurt Fitzpatrick, too, is he put up over 400 passing yards again, but they didn't find the end zone. And I think, I don't know, man. It was just a, it was just a bad season. It's been a and, and I always secretly do root on the Bucs. If there's a team I'm biased to, I like to root on the Bucs. Mm-hmm. Um, now I don't even care. They're just, it, it's, but Winston this week, I'm just so at home against San Francisco. Just something screams to me that, he feels good. Monster game. Mm-hmm. Maybe monster rest of the season for Winston if he starts. I wouldn't be surprised. With that being said, Matt Ryan, I think I'll, I like him more than Aaron Rodgers. I do too. I like him more than Deshaun Watson. I do too. That's kind of keep him out of those people. But I'm, I like my sleepers. I like your Mayfield that you talked on. I like my Winston. It's going to be hard for me to play – Anybody over those guys. It just looks so good on paper. And they're easy to own. Yeah. Cool. All right, then, before we get to the, the our segments, our other segments, kickers and defenses, just throwing some out there. Yeah. Um, I'll give an obvious one and then one that's more obtainable. I like the Ravens against Oakland. I feel pretty good about that one. <laughs> so, <Yep. laughs> Oakland's yep. offense has been pretty stagnant, one-dimensional. Doug Martin isn't striking fear into me in the running game, and Jared Cook seems like their leading receiver isn't striking fear into me by any means as well. Um, Ravens also control the ball a lot if they continue to run the way that they are. Yep. I don't know how Oakland scores over yeah, 28 if you got, points. If you got Baltimore, you're in set. Play them <laughs> with confidence. Um, but I also like the Patriots against the Jets. Um, Patriots defense is probably way more obtainable, and the Jets offense has just looked really bad for the majority of this season. It has. But that one scares me just a smidgen. 
Ooh, tell me it, why. It, it just does. It, it just kind of like how I told you uh, the Jets versus Buffalo scared me. <laughs> kind of like how I told you, whoa, I don't know about Arizona and Oakland. You know, kind of that thing. I see. It kind of scared me because either New England's going to come out of this bye and just take over the rest of the games from the season. You're like, oh, there's the Patriots. They're alive and awesome. Or they're going to come out of the bye and everybody's going to start worrying about them for a week. And, like, they're not going to look that good. Because the Jets have had good defensive games. And yeah. and the Patriots have been susceptible against wide receivers. Not that the Jets are that threatening when it comes to passing to wide receivers. But anyways, I just like some other plays more than that that are safer that you can get. One being Dallas versus Washington with Colt McCoy. You can get your hands on that. Um, it's it just very limited, the damage there that could be done. But the one I really like is Detroit at home versus Chicago with Chase Daniel at quarterback. Yeah, it looks good. And, 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 and as many – I have no stats to support this. It's just all of the Thanksgiving games I've watched for Detroit. It's like – that's their holiday. Like, they play pretty well in recent years on Thanksgiving. Um, you tell me, in my opinion, I don't have a very high opinion of Trubisky, and you tell me they have a worse Trubisky out there in Chase Daniel. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. If, if Chicago were to want to win this game, you give uh, Jordan Howard, about said Dwight Howard, 15 carries by half, and, you'll, and they'll win that game. But they're not going to do that because they run this – Real, what they call sexy <laughs> offense that isn't going to work against good teams. Against the best teams, we'll say. They're just going to get beat. That's but, a fair point. But anyways, they're not going to do that, so you don't have to worry. And I think Detroit gets an upset win this week. Nice. You like it? I like them all. Yeah, I agree. I also like Houston a little bit. Uh, if you can get your hands on Houston, yeah. They're pretty highly owned. They seem like a pretty safe play as well this week. They so maybe you can get there. I think I like available it. in like twelve percent is what I'm seeing right about now. So a little, little tough, but it's not ninety seven right. <laughs> or something. So <laughs> might be floating out there in a few yeah. leagues, and they're they're pretty much money I think this week. Yeah, I like it. All right, uh, kickers. If you're just wanting a couple, uh, we've been hyping up Tampa Bay's offense. So you want the kicker there, and Cairo Santos did look good. He didn't have the opportunity, mm-hmm. but he nailed all of his PATs. Um, so that was something. And Jason Sanders, um, he's been very accurate uh, with Miami and at Indianapolis uh, in a dome. I think he's pretty a pretty good play uh, with Tannehill back. I think they moved the ball to get him enough field goals this week. They could probably pick up if you need one. There you go. I like Vinatieri, and uh, I kind of like Jake Elliott as well this week against the Giants. Um I think Philly is going to be able to move the ball, but I don't think they're going to light it up. So it might be one of those magical five field goal games for them this week. Sweet, sweet, sweet. All right, my dude. Are you done? You got any more sleepers, creepers, or keepers to talk about? Nope. What's I think we covered everything I wanted to, at least. Maybe maybe just a fun offhanded mention. I'm going to pull you on this question because I'm a little unsure about what I saw. DJ Moore last week. What are your feelings on him going forward? Fluke, or are you a believer? Because we know he has the talent. He was drafted very highly in the draft. And he, See, and I was high on him earlier in the season, mm-hmm. and he's just kind of disappeared, and now he re- reappeared. And Are we seeing Corey Davis? Yeah, we're seeing Corey Davis, I think. Mm-hmm. I, I don't really trust him, uh, especially against Seattle this week. Especially this week, Just yeah. with how inaccurate he um, – dude, what's his name? 
Cam Newton. Oh my gosh, thank you. <laughs> like that pass to lose the game was just embarrassingly bad. No, I didn't get to see it. By Cam Newton, look at it. He just misses him for days. He's just so inaccurate. And like I said on the offseason, like leading up to the season, is it doesn't really mesh with Cam Newton because he doesn't have a huge wingspan that you need to be really successful with Cam Newton. He's a little, he's a, he's a much smaller receiver, so Cam Newton's got to be on it. So he's going to have his big game blow-ups, but I just think Cam Newton can be so inaccurate that he can't utilize DJ more. And maybe that's why we see the ups and downs that he's had. All right. I think I'm kind of on the same page. Definitely don't like him against Seattle, even though he had a huge game. Just curious what you thought. Yeah. It's kind of been weird with the rookie wide receivers. They all kind of feel the same. All of them. Anthony Miller, just all of them. Anyway, Michael Gallup. Yeah, <laughs> you're like all these situations. There's either excuses for why they're playing the way that they're playing, and it's like that kind of makes sense. I mean, I don't really blame them. Maybe they'll work out better later. Or the well, only like outside wide receiver I can think of that's a rookie right now is Portland Sutton. Everybody else, Calvin Ridley. Everybody kind of just seems like slottish people. Yeah, there's a lot of them. Josh Reynolds, by the way, he was studding last week with the Rams. You see that? I did not see that. Yeah, like 80 yards mm. and a touchdown. Mm. Filling in admirably for Cooper Cup. Although, I don't think many games we're going to be seeing 57 points dropped, even with the Rams offense. No. So, with that game flow, I think all of the receivers there got a little bit bloated up. But it is impressive to see his involvement, yeah. especially considering that none of the St. Louis, or St. Louis, the L.A. Rams uh, receivers really took over the game by themselves. So, All right, my dude. Studs and duds. Let's do it. What, what, give me a name. Um, I'm going to give you some obvious ones first. Again, this is the top eight players picked up for offensive positions on this last week. Waiver priorities. Did you do well? Did you do poorly? Or can you still go grab somebody? Yes. That's what we're here for. So I'm going to hit the obvious ones that we both agree on right off the bat. James Winston. Agree. Stud. Yep. <laughs> I think you got to pick him up. Just leave it at that. We've talked enough. Yeah. Cameron Brake. We also kind of mentioned that in the tight ends. Stud. I think a huge stud, probably going forward for the rest of the season, as well as this week, especially. We already killed him, yet we already mentioned that. Gus Edwards, stud. Oh, please. The Ravens schedule for the rest of the season. <laughs> Plus, me and you love those backs. I can take it in between the tackles. Yes. You give me a reincarnate nickname of The Bus? <laughs> oh, I'm all about that. Yes. And I got him in the Keeper League. If he pans out, dude. A power running back and a team that has a scrambling option level quarterback, that's the only running back that survives in that offense. It's a person that you can give the ball 20 plus times to. If he pans out and it's clear that he's the back next season, keep him, my team name, Gus the Bus. <laughs> that's it. It's <laughs> easy. It. I'm so Mark hyped about that. Seeing the nickname of the bus. I love watching Jerome Bettis play. I think we might get another bowler running over people. I hope so, man. But I could see it not working out, but either or not, it's a good story. Yes. But yeah, he's definitely a stud. Okay. Definitely a claim. Put some faith in him. I agree. Kiki Cootie. You, I think we both kind of mentioned that he's definitely worth an acquisition. He yeah. has been for a few weeks. He's still available. And How's we, he keep peering on this list? <laughs> I honestly don't know. Like, I guess he's just never had the big game that yeah. some of these other people like Anthony Miller have had or... Taylor Gabriel for a few, and then people just keep sleeping on him? I'm sorry, statistically, I'm saying, how does he keep ending up on the top eight, like, added list? <laughs> I guess that's funny. That's what, I'm, that's what I'm trying to say. Would it mean that he's just floating at, like, 7%? I guess. But he started at zero. Yeah. So we're, like, 7, 14, Something. 21, 28, and then all of a sudden, like, we're halfway through the season, he's at 50? He's been on this list more than anybody. 
But now sure. I'm saying even more than ever. Yes. Stud. When you see Thomas being uninvolved last week against a Washington team that's kind of r- tough to run on and they have to throw, that's a pretty good indicator. Yeah. So I- I'm also on board. Kiki Cootie's a stud. Now we start getting to people we haven't really talked about. Mm-hmm. So I think this is where it kind of gets exciting. Jack Doyle. Crazy to see him on this list. I agree. If we've talked so much about luck, how can we not say that he is a... Stud. Stud. I agree. It, I, we're on the same page a lot this week. I think we're just going to keep it going the whole week. But I think Jack Doyle's great. His tight end usage in the offense is wonderful. Ebron's touchdown percentages seem almost unsustainable right. as well. I think both are still usable as tight end ones. I, I, I'm sticking by that, what I said it a few weeks ago, at least for a little while. Marlon Mack's good to take away a few, which is kind of sad. And t- seeing T.Y. Hilton take so many is a little concerning for touchdowns. But Doyle and Ebron are red zone targets and a decent offense. As long as this offense holds up, the offensive line, I mean, holds up, this is a very good offense. Yeah, it is. There's a lot of very high-quality weapons. So, to me, I definitely believe in Doyle. I think he's a low-end tight end one basically every week. Same with Ebron until one of them goes cold for a while or something. But I don't really see that happening. Right on. Um, And I think I'm going to differ on you on this one. Maybe. I don't know. We'll see what you think. Lamar Jackson. Dud. I got him as a stud. Do you? I do. I just don't have anybody that throws for 150 yards and an interception as a, st- <laughs> as a stud. And then you know, a quarterback. Well. Yeah. For me, I just see rushing yards. And I'm seeing Tim Tebow reincarnated here. <laughs> Tim Tebow, for a while, there was a top 10 fantasy quarterback. As unbelievable as it is. I don't think Lamar Jackson's games are going to look pretty. But, especially against Oakland this yeah. week. I think he's a streamable option. Um, I would say against Oakland, yeah. And I think we're probably not going to see 21 rushes. I think it was more like they realized that we weren't ready for that game plan in, as Cincinnati. I think it's just it was just real ugly. We got exposed, and they just beat us to death with that stick the mm-hmm. whole game. I think it's going to be more closer to 15 rushes a game, to 12. But I think he's going to be running the whole time, and running points are worth more than uh, passing. So You're right there. I think he might be able to throw one touchdown, two touchdowns, and some weird jump passes, kind of Tim Tebow reincarnate. I, th- I think he's playable. So here, he's a dud for me on the quarterback's scheme, but what I'll give you is he is streamable this week as a sleeper. Mm-hmm. Yes. But he needs to prove me one good game against an okay defense before I'm saying he's a stud. I completely I'll give you that. It just quarterbacks are so replaceable. They are. And do I hold a roster spot for him for the rest of the season? Is he going to be a top 10 an option the rest of the season? I don't even know if he keeps his job when Joe Flacco comes back. It's the other quarterback on this list that is the keeper for the rest of the Winston, man. Yeah, I agree yeah. with you. Winston has much more usability. I think I have Lamar as a stud this week. If you're low on the quarterback, if you have like golf on by or something like that, I don't think it's bad to pick up Lamar Jackson. Against Oakland's defense, I'm not going to say you're entirely wrong. But I would agree, Jameis Winston and Mayfield are just simply better options. So if both of those got claimed and you're still desperate, and for some reason everyone's carrying three quarterbacks in your league or something. Two-quarterback league. Two-quarterback league. I love Lamar Jackson in a two-quarterback league. Yeah. I feel you. I feel what you're saying there. So what do you feel about Jonu Smith? To be honest, I had to look up this guy's name. (laughs) Did we talk about Hearman? The other week, the tight end Hearman, for... yes, Jeff Hearman. Just another guy that, nah, please don't tell me you're playing him. I also have a done for him okay. as well. I, I, I like I like the fact that he's a tight end that's replacing Delaney Walker. So you know that like that's an that's a weapon that they've 
schemed at using preseason was the tight end. Mm-hmm. And so if he has talent to match, there, there's, there is opportunity. But I'm going to really need you to prove it in Tennessee's offense. Yeah. And he had a few touchdowns, I think, a few weeks back, if, if I remember yeah. looking at it correctly. But his yardage totals were pretty low. And so I, I'm not a real big believer. Yeah. And plus with the possible quarterback injury to um, Mariota, which you mentioned earlier, uh, uh, I'm not feeling it this week. I would give it a little bit more time. I'll still say that we've agreed pretty much 100% on this. Can we agree? I think we got one name left. Yeah. I think we do. I don't know how there's another answer for this particular question. Who is it? Theo Riddick. Yes, it is. And he is a dud. dud. There we go. Yeah. Not even excited. Like, I understand. Carry on out. Carry on out. Opportunity. Yep. And it's definitely not going to be blunt running over this number one rated run defense for a large number of yards. He maybe gets a fluke touchdown or something. But theoretic being involved enough in the passing game to warrant Not even on usage, PPR, really. N- not even. Because what I see is Dalvin Cook. What did he just do against Chicago? He's a receiving running back. Yeah. That, that, that's the way I view him. He had negative receiving yards. Like I think Galladay has a big game this week. I honestly agree, too. I was thinking about whether I should put him on my list or not. I stared at it a long time. He has opportunity for days. And like you said, I don't think Chicago has... Outside of Mac, no. Yes. I I think they have to throw to survive. And it's not going to be Blunt or Riddick getting them anything. So, And with no Marvin Jones... uh, What do you say to this? I think if I was in a spot where I needed to replace Kerryon Johnson with our Detroit running back, the running back I would choose to replace him with is Zach Zinner. That's an interesting thought. I think it's kind of a moot point because I think all of them fail. I wouldn't do it. But maybe. He's not owned in any of my teams, but I'm saying if I needed to in a real deep league, I would go Zach Zinner. I'd probably go Riddick first, but Zenner will probably get the most rushing yards for the game, but I think Riddick will win the yardage total slightly because I think he'll be involved in the receiving game. We They just proved that they can shut that down, but uh, I, don't, I don't like any of them. No, I don't either, but just like, watch. I'm just throwing that out there. It's a little Paul call. It, it'll be in, I'll be curious. I, I think you're on to something there. Maybe not against the Bears. I don't think anybody's going to have any success. No, but. I, I think Zenner might lead the yardage, total yardage count, 35 to 34 over the people or something. Pretty. But ne- neither one are going to be what you want on your flex radar. All right. So I think that is it for studs and duds this week. Hopefully mm-hmm. that's helpful. We got a lot of studs this week, mm-hmm. so good I, pickups. I'm encouraged. Uh, but now on to the fantasy foresight. We're gonna be talking about what we expect to see this week in fantasy football, and this is maybe the most difficult, highly competitive, agonizingly difficult calls I've had to make probably yeah. at this segment for the whole season. So brace yourselves. It's probably gonna be pretty interesting. Hopefully. So for the first step, first questions I'm reading within my crystal ball here. Who has more passing yards this week? Passing yards is what we're saying. Baker Mayfield, Aaron Rodgers, Kirk Cousins, or Phillip Rivers? Dude, I love we've been we've been amping it up three names to talk about more fantasy stuff, giving you very accurate answers really. 
and we've upped it to four. So we're now going to talk yes. about more names, and this illustrates how much I like Baker Mayfield this week. Cincinnati's given up, I think it's second most, 295 passing yards per game. Aaron Rodgers against Minnesota in Minnesota. Kirk Cousins at home against Green Bay is an interesting one. It is interesting. He's probably the safest play, I would say. Even safer than Baker Mayfield, but the ceiling to Baker Mayfield is so delicious, I can't do it. I can't not do it. Delicious. <laughs> and then Phillip Rivers against Arizona, who has been very good against the pass, really. Mm-hmm. Runs where they've been shelled all year. But Baker Mayfield, I, I'm going with him because he can just throw for tons. He's been doing it, so why not? Who do you got? I'm fairly certain I can come up with a perfect reason. This is the hardest question, in my opinion. I stared at this a long time. I couldn't figure it out. I just went with Aaron Rodgers for the yardage, even against the Minnesota crippling Minnesota defense. And I have no confidence in that whatsoever. I, I, I'm going to go with talent. You could pick a worse matchup. <laughs> you could easily piss, pick a worse quarterback, you know? I mean, true. I just have no confidence. I we'll love see. Baker Mayfield's matchup. Kirk, Kirk Cousins has had huge games before. Green Bay's pass defense is eh. Mm-hmm. Like, not great by any means, but definitely not total cake either. And then Arizona kind of the same way. Like, they get beat through the runs, so I think Melvin Gordon's going to have a huge day, but I, I still don't have a lot of confidence in Rivers, but both of them have high floors. So I'm going to go with Rodgers just for his ceiling, I guess, but the even against the tough matchup. We'll see. I don't know. It's a good question. Uh, but I like All right. Let's do the next. On to the next. Who has more rushing yards this week? Leonard Fournette, Philip Lindsay, Marlon Mack, or Aaron Jones? A good question. These are running backs that people may have to choose in between. I'm going Marlon Mack. I'm also going Marlon Mack. Right on. The day of agreements. Indianapolis gives up a good amount of rushing yards. Yeah, I mean, they, they get it. Uh, shoot, and, Miami. But I, I get what you're saying. Yeah. Indy actually rushes for a fair number of rushing yards, even mm-hmm. though Luck's been so consistent. Mm-hmm. Kind of gets lost in the mix. Marlon Mack's had a few huge games, and Miami does get exposed more th- from the run than the pass. So that is what I saw as a better matchup. And I think most of the caliber of talent in this group is almost identical, which is surprising whenever you have Leonard Fournette in this list. Yeah. But I think Buffalo's a kind of a tough matchup. It is, surprisingly. <laughs> Their D has been as much real as good. as as often as they're on the field, pretty good stats. Just about as good as you can probably ever imagine, considering right. their offense. Lindsey's great. He's had a, a really fantastic year, but he also splits a little bit of carries. And now against Pittsburgh and Pitt, actually good against the run. Right. I mean, kind of surprising. I had to double double check whenever I took a look and then looked back. But and Aaron Jones against Minnesota, I just I think this is where his. It's hard to short hot streak will come yeah. to a, a skip. Yeah. I think he just doesn't have a very good week this week. So I, I feel I have the most confidence in Marlon Mack as well. Okay. Who has more receiving yards this week? Adam Thielen, DeAndre Hopkins, Julio Jones, or Devontae Adams? Go ahead and you go first. I love all of these people a lot, but Good another good list. Yes. I'm going to have to follow the stats on this one, and I'm going to go away from my heart, and I'm going to say Julio Jones. I don't... That's who I got. Okay. To be honest, my heart's telling me DeAndre Hopkins. Like, a lot of this... A lot of the success DeAndre Hopkins has had recently looks so good. Fantasy points, I'd agree. I think he's got a better chance for touchdowns. And I think maybe that's what your heart's trying to say. Maybe. 
but I mean Tennessee's a good D. New Orleans though, like completely shutting down Philly scares me with new with uh, what they did against Philly. But Atlanta is a much different beast on it offense. Is. And Julio Jones is on a hot streak right now. He's playing great. He's getting in the end zone. Lee, is he leading the league in yards? He I, has I, to be. I know he's I, I don't very know. close. He's got to be. Feeling's hot streak at the beginning of the year could change that. We I don't know the leaders, but I watched the better. I've watched the football games, so watched so many football games, and Julio Jones has looked more impressive than any wide receiver I've seen this season. He is looking so good. As many gripes as I had about the way he played last season with no touchdowns and having, like, 90% of his production in, like, four games, it was hard to watch. That is the complete opposite of what's happening this year. He's finally getting in the end zone. He is indeed leading the league in receiving yards, but not even by a wide margin. I'm actually kind of blown away looking at this. Tyreek Hill, number two. Uh, Michael Thomas, number three. And Adam Thielen, number four. Thielen is four wow. after that many 100 yard receivers. Well, I'm telling you, he's just falling down to 20, 60, 40 around there and kind of. But we had two above 1,100 yards, and it's Julio at 1,158, Tyreek Hill at 1,106, Michael Thomas 1,042, and Adam Thielen 1,013. Yeah. Okay. Good talk. Devontae Adams against Minnesota. I think all these people you can play. 100%. Um, I just think Julio Jones, yard-wise, for sure. Yeah, I think Devontae's probably the worst, just, just based on the matchup. He's been a, an animal this year, but yeah, I think he's going to be a little limited. All right, fantasy point. Oh, oh you. If you want to continue... No, I, I want can, you to I do it. This is, this is all you. part of this segment. No, this is all <laughs> you. I'll ask, who has more fantasy points this week? Nick Chubb, Antonio Brown, Christian McCaffrey... Or Odell Beckham Jr. Answer it. Do we agree? Do we go out on the agreement? Nick Chubb. Yes, he does. <laughs> yes, he does. Nick Chubb is my hero of the fantasy week. I think he's going to be the number one fantasy scorer. And that's bold over someone like Kamara and Ingram, who I think are just going to be awesome as well. But I think Nick Chubb just has the ceiling of Pluto, while it's... I think uh, the Saints running backs just split too much. So I think he ends up being the champion of champions. Antonio Brown against Denver. Mm, Christian McCaffrey against Seattle. Odell Beckham against Philadelphia. Knowing Eli's struggles against Philadelphia. Nick Chubb, man. I agree. I mean, this is a weird list whenever you have, like, Baker Mayfield in the, in the ranks of all the upper-tier quarterbacks. And I honestly think he might be the best. That one's tough. But then you got... Nick Chubb floating up there above Antonio Brown, Christian McCaffrey, and Odell Beckham Jr. this week. But I, I'm honestly 100% on board because that's how bad Cincinnati's D is and how good Nick Chubb has silently kind of been over the last few weeks for uh, from a fantasy perspective. No. I dig it. Lots of agreement here tonight, folks. Yeah. So hopefully we're right or else we didn't give you any counter yeah. help whatsoever. <laughs> I, I can't be worse than last week, so I think law of averages, we're going to be on point this week. I think we're right there on point. So thanks for listening. We helped you set that line up. Feel free to move forward. Give us some questions. We love that. We have an Instagram. Um, our off season is going to be spent getting a website knocked out for you. That's what we want to do. So... We love it. Any last words, John? Have the best Thanksgiving. Eat as much turkey yes. until you pop. I, I, I want to see everyone enjoy only half of the football games because you're so full on turkey. Love it. 
Love it. And listen to this while you're eating the food. <laughs> we'll put you right to sleep. <laughs> Peace. Take it easy, guys.